Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's going on? What is going on? How are you? Dude, I'm doing really well. Um, really well. This is the first time we've had a podcast, just like the two of us. Like Dr. Scott Stevenson had to reschedule because he was having kind of like some family um, family things with their dogs. So I wanted to make sure that he had the time and the space to obviously be, you know, himself with his family. So we will reschedule that and get that taken care of. But I, I am doing very, very well into this like new section of growing, you know, all the funs and joys of just adding in either different training, different mesocycles, but also like adding in more food, adding in more drugs. So it's just, it's going to be good. It's going to be good growth and maybe compete next year. Maybe. So exciting. I don't know. I don't know. Was that like a conversation you and Austin had? Yeah, essentially we were like, um, talking and we were like, well, yeah, if, depending on how this growth phase goes, like we could compete next year. And then I obviously hired Henny, uh, Kenny, excuse me, to help me pose in my off season. Cause I do think that's very important, especially because I haven't really had like a true posing coach and I don't really know how to pose worth dick. And so I was like, well, let's, you know, learn how to pose better so we can see like, you know, what I need to work on in my strengths and weaknesses as far as my physique goes. Cause that obviously helps to dictate what your training mesocycle should look like and what bat- lagging body parts you need to bring up. And so, you know, started working with Kenny and um, he really fixed up my back pose, which was really cool. And then um, front pose has a lot of work because we're switching sides entirely. And so right now we're doing what he calls like meat and potatoes, which is essentially like Kenny speak for like generic types of stuff, just working on general mobility and stuff like that. And then as I work, continue to work with him he'll make and fine-tune those adjustments so I'm honestly really excited and like I hired Kenny because Kenny wins and I Mm want to win so like I'm like well let's fuck let's fucking go hell yeah so yeah dude since it's like just me and you today like the total total ash squared ash power like just rocking it out let's just update on our our lives let our viewers know like what's going on with our life because yeah we do a little brief over overview but let's um let's do what what Kenny says let's get into the meat and potatoes so let's go with you so you said you know growth phase training posing like what else what else let's let's touch on some of those things yeah so the biggest thing is like obviously kind of finishing up my reverse out of this dieting phase slash cleanup phase where I lost like damn near 35 pounds I went from my heaviest and the last growth at like 155 we'll say and my lowest was like 120 three, I think 122, like there and about. So like a decent amount of body fat yeah. that we stripped off, which was really good. What was the time frame on that? I think we started, I want to say in August or September, I had a little bit of a holding phase um, after we finished growing. And then that was like, you know, six to eight weeks, I think. And then we started cutting. So yeah, I would say since September at the very, very latest, so from September to like March. Six months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was fairly linear, like no real issues. Like obviously we didn't do contest prep or anything like that. So like I got lean, 
but I didn't mm-hmm. get like stage lean where you really notice like complications starting to arise, training performance dips, stuff like that. But, you know, we did our last calorie poll and I was averaging like 1800 calories each, which was still a fuck ton of food. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for, you know, bikini athlete. And, you know, we could have done another poll, added in more cardio, but like we were at the point where like insulin sensitivity was like sky high. There was really no reason to continue to just dig a deficit for the sake of digging a deficit. So we're like, yeah, let's reverse. And so, you know, my food has gone from the average of 1800 and in like six weeks, five weeks, the average went from 1800 up to 2,500. And cardio yeah. went from six days a week at 35 minutes down to four days a week at 20 minutes. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm already I, sick I, of food, but that's okay. I think for a while there too, though, you were still having, you were still hitting some lows when you were reversing out. Yes. Yeah, I definitely was. So during that reverse time, we definitely like, we were still in a deficit obviously because I was still losing body fat and tightening up. Um, but with this next round of changes that happened a few weeks ago, like we added in another food bump and then we needed another food bump. So I've had like two consecutive food bumps um, to where it's like, you can finally tell you're starting to fill out a little bit more, some body fats coming back on. Um, we essentially added in, we messed up with, we messed with my GH a little bit. So instead of like wanting to do it for fat loss in the morning, uh, what we're doing is we're doing two IUs on training days only and added in some insulin. And so I went to Walmart and got some Novolin N and Novolin R, but then I also treated myself, this sounds so dumb, but I treated myself to some Lantus and Hemolog because I've never used Lantus or Hemolog before. So I wanted to see what some name brand shit would do. So that's on its way. So I'm excited about that. And then we'll probably add in some tests and Primo and just kind of like start growing, start touching up the glutes, um, touching up the posterior chain a lot more, light delt work, and we'll see what happens with this growth phase, we'll see how I look at the end of it. And like I said, might do a contest prep, which I have not competed since 2019. So that's going to be the tits. Yeah, dude, the tits, to be honest, that's so exciting. So how is your like mental flip going from like, how, how are you feeling like mental wise from like going from like, were you ready for this growth phase? Are you like, dude, I'm ready to fucking grow. Like, cause for a time there, like, obviously you, like you said, you were, you were cutting down a little bit and you tend to like get very flat, you know? So like, there's times where people are like, I'm just ready to grow. But then there's also times it's like hard to see that, that body fat come back on. Yeah, it definitely can be a mental fuck, especially because again, I, I'll, I've changed like so many things. Like I changed my training and Austin let me do my own training with his approval, of course, because I wanted to practice my skills as a coach to look at myself and not see my highlights, but to see where I fucking suck. So I can <laughs> build a training program around it. And that was very fun and also challenging in its own ways. Um, just so I don't like second guess myself and my abilities. But again, since Austin is my coach, he is making sure that like I, he looked over everything. He's like, yeah, I agree. I think this is great. I was like, yeah. Fuck yeah. So then there's that. I'm working on my hip mobility to make sure, you know, my hips are as even as they possibly are. So I don't have Tetris hips on stage again. So that was another change. And then obviously working with Kenny. So check-in photos are difficult for me because it is a new style of posing and the posing is not good yet. And so I am struggling with just being like, oh, I just look awful. Right. So it's like, it's just, that's kind of like the mental fuck, but then it's like, it's, you know, I have to remind myself that like, this is the first time that I posed on this side ever. And it's completely different. And I'm not going to be a professional the first time I do it, not even the first handful of times, it's going to take time to practice. And so rather than tearing myself apart, I'm like, listen, I'm going to post twice a week, Saturday and Sunday, 
I have a little posing room. I got two Walmart mirrors. I have tape on my floor. Eric's going to help me with the cues that Kenny gave me. I'm going to print up um, eight by 10 photos from Kenny Nice session and tape them on the mirror. So that way I can see like what I need to look like to hit his recommendations and then check in with Kenny once a month to make sure that the posing continues to progress as it needs to. So like anxiety is essentially like smothered by action and that's how I view it. And that's what I'm doing. Wow. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely hard, you know, and it's especially too coming out of like a comfortable spot. Cause you're very comfortable with that one side posing and obviously flipping the side. It's like, damn, this is uncomfortable. Like, I don't like how this looks. Then you start to have kind of like that self doubt, but like you said, reminding yeah. yourself that like, Hey, it's kind of like day one. And like, for me too, when things are challenging like that, I like to be like, okay, cool. Like remind myself, like, Hey, I don't like this. This is hard. This is difficult, but guess what? Like, I'm going to be good at difficult and this is going to be my best. And like, essentially that's why I like fucking competing. It's like, damn, like this shit's fucking hard. It's exhausting, but like, I want to be better. So of course I'm going to do the things that challenge me. So that's awesome. I'm really proud of you. And I know it's going to be some, some highs and lows, but you're, you're always going to get through what you fucking do. So I know you also brought up your, your training. So I really want to dive into that since you created your own, um, got it approved by Austin. So once like, well, first that's awesome. Like, I'm sure that's great for, for your confidence as well, you know, to kind of reiterate that like you, you are an amazing coach because you are, um, and you can kind of be kind of subjective to yourself, which is extremely hard to be like, Hey, like, where are my weaknesses at? And like design something based on like, even though you're the person, you know, you are the athlete, right? Mm -hmm. So let's see, like, let's talk about what you changed, why you did these things and how it's going for you. Yeah. So the biggest thing I wanted to emphasize is I looked at my physique and I saw my weak points. So, so for me, glute max, glute med, which the glute med is kind of like that, that upper glute that people talk about, that lets your glute med to create that upper shelf. That was severely lacking um, due to injuries. My hamstrings also need to be brought up just a tad. Um, upper back as well. So bikini is not back, but we don't want a big back. We don't need like big lats and a bigger like upper shelf per se on the posterior side for your back. But you do want to some extent your rear delts, especially because when you face the rear, you want a nice balance between upper and lower and you don't want like stringy upper body. And so because obviously when I lean down, my upper body leans out really nicely I don't have much upper back to speak of. And that's obviously correlation because my posterior chain as a whole, just on the backside of me, just isn't very strong due to injuries, my hip issues, et cetera, et cetera. So I really wanted to focus on bringing that up. And then just a tad side delt. Like my delts are pretty good. Um, when they get full, they're really, really nice. But I want to make sure that I am just mainly allocating volume toward my lower body, toward my glutes, especially, but then obviously still trying to put a little bit of light delt. And I think it is important to talk about volume allocation because you can only recover so much, even if you add in, even if you choose to add in drugs to the mix, like drugs will give you a better recoverability, better growth because they, you know, upregulate muscle protein synthesis. And they also, you know, tend to halt muscle protein breakdown. But at the end of the day, you still need to be able to recover from your volume and your training from a central nervous system aspect. And so for me, I'm training four days a week still, because that's what I can mentally handle um, on Saturday or Sunday, depending upon how the cookie crumbles. It either is going to be a triple extension leg day with a glute bias or a shoulder day it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. But for my triple extension day, we're going to be doing like lying hamstring curls. We'll do like a glute focus pendulum, 
a glute-focused leg press, um, glute-focused Bulgarian. So again, doing that unilateral loading because I do have an imbalance between my left and my right side. Um, but specifically, I'm going to do um, contralateral loading. So what that means is like to the opposite side, right? So if I'm working my left leg, my right leg is going to be holding the dumbbell. So that's going to really help to strengthen glute need and really get that upper shelf on my ass to pop. And then obviously shoulder days, we're going to be doing lateral raises, machine shoulder press, like some upper back work as well, all that good stuff. Um, and then my other two days are mostly either glute focused or again, posterior chain with light delt. So we're doing things like B stance RDLs to help bring up, you know, the left and right side, respectively, single leg muscle rounds, like more hamstring curls, curtsy lunges for um, time sets like more RDLs, cast glute bridges. So essentially it's just a mixed bag of loading the lengthened position of the glutes and the hamstrings and loading the shortened position between the glutes and the hamstrings. And then also making sure that hamstring drop down in the front pose, doing things like seated and lying leg curls, because that's the, the bicep group um, and the hamstrings that you want to target to get that nice little hamstring, you know, drop, you know, um, so I'm really excited. I mean, my training is, it's already intense as is, but it is a healthy bag of like low, like six to 10 rep range, but then also with some self swelling type stuff, kind of pulling from four to two training, doing like sometimes 20 to 30 reps, depending on what the exercise is. So it's really good. I'm really excited. Um, I've already started to implement some changes this week. And with that, some obviously some new soreness just because it's novel, it's new. But whenever I train, um, change training mesocycles, I always, you know, kind of take away all of my my work from the prior years when it comes to certain machine setups and start fresh. Like mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck what I did last week if I'm training a, doing a new cycle because it doesn't matter. This is new. It's a new setup. I'm gonna have to find a new way of like navigating the gym. And so, like I will start with like light warm up weights, get a feeling for the muscle, connect well with it. And then from there, once I like find that connection, I find that setup, then each subset, uh, subsequent week, I will add on the weight and really push for progressive overload. But like, if it's new and it's fresh, you're gonna have that novel stimulus, you're gonna have those novel rips and tears. So recovery is going to be a bit more of a challenge. So like, I don't need to necessarily go balls to the walls failure quite yet need to set up myself right so we don't get injured straight out of the gates two three rr is plenty once i get my feet wet with that then we'll crank it up to you know one to two rr and then full-on death sets depending upon the exercise yeah i think it's really important to kind of focus on what you said about hey like this is a new cycle even though if i was still doing it in that previous one it's still a new new potential oh my god sorry well i can't talk potentially like it is still new right so like because yeah. When you think about it, like I've had programs where I'm like, yeah, I've been doing RDLs this whole entire time, get to my next mesocycle and RDLs are now first or they're fourth and they used to be first. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's absolutely no fucking way. Like I'm going to be able to, to do the same amount of weight with the same amount of intensity, so to speak, the first couple of weeks, because like that used to be my first exercise. I had way more energy behind it, so to speak, compared to mm -hmm this week where now it's, you know, my fourth exercise or this mesocycle where now it's like my fourth exercise. Right. So I think that's really, really important. And like, that's a really good mindset to have because it can be defeating when you're like, Hey, I'm attempting to, um, you know, 
try and keep up with where I was before, but bringing yourself back grounded and focused to being like, Hey, this is the here, this is the now. And that's where progression happens. So I do think it's important too, to kind of give that little bit of a, of a rest, so to speak too, or, or not so much a rest, but um, mm-hmm. not to go balls to the wall because recovery is extremely important as you mentioned. Right. And, you know, with that being said, do you think like, um, I guess it, it can be, I don't know. I want to know what you think. Do you think, you said, I don't necessarily go till failure because it is new and I need that recovery. But at what point are you like, Hey, like, I feel like I can recover. Or do you, are you just like, Hey, I, I know I can pull myself out of the gym for a week. Or are you just slowly increasing over time? Like, is there a certain, like after like maybe three weeks of it, are you like, Hey, my body should know let's go. Yeah. Usually you can tell from biofeedback and your recoverability after like a couple of weeks when I no longer am feeling like that, that soreness. And I, you know, feel like I am ready to push again. Then again, because that's still a, a, a progressive overload, like you were increasing intensity, you were adding more reps to it because you were no longer holding yourself back. So for me, it's like after this new level of soreness kind of washes off, especially because food is matching activity, I will definitely like take biofeedback into consideration and go ahead and push the envelope just a little bit more. I would say usually within two, three weeks, that's where my body recovers. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, you know, take off the training wheels. And let's, let's go ahead and go back to work. I love that dude. I like, I've been on the same training program since November of last year. And I don't fucking want a new one. I really don't. And Mark yeah. was like, Mark's like, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, <laughs> think about getting you in like a different mm-hmm. training here, maybe more of like a metabolic style training. And I'm like, oh. Like, you know, not that it's like bad, but just like, so to speak is like, damn, like I'm at a really good spot. Like I'm hitting PRs, uh, I'm feeling great. And now it's like, yeah, you got to kind of restart over. But like I said, at the beginning of this, like, that's the fun part starting over being like, Hey, this is fucking hard. Let's fucking go. Right. Exactly. Like you don't always need new training either, but for me, since we are shifting gears and we do want to make sure that this training is, you know, cycled toward my weak points, especially if we are wanting to step on stage, I just want to make sure that we are you know, respecting bodybuilding and building up where I suck. So that way, when I do compete, it's like those weak points might not be my weak points anymore, or I'll develop new weak points. And then, you know, we do it all over again and build up the body. So that's what I love about bodybuilding. It's like you get to manipulate like your training and your whole setup to get the growth that you are wanting to achieve. Mm -hmm. So kind of to wrap up here, like other than, you know, during this growth phase, is there anything else that that's new apart, like that's newly incorporated for you other than, you know, switching up your, your drug protocol, your nutrition and your training? Is there anything else new in this growth phase for you? Other than the posing, I would say not really just like posing on a new side, like I touched on earlier. Um, So that's definitely challenging in its own ways, but I have like my posing heels, a posing room, posing suit posing coach. So it's like, it's just going to be fine tuning those things as I get better, as my physique evolves. Cause obviously as your physique evolves, your posing is going to need to change as well, because you're going to want to make sure you highlight your strengths and then hide your weaknesses just so that way you come across as balanced. And, you know, that's true of any division, not just bikini, but I think, I really think that's it for me, but I know you have some fun news. you got some, uh, some Liberty labs back. So yes. why don't you go ahead and talk about your amazing story. I did. So this is, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm still in disbelief, but this past week, um, I got some more thyroid labs. I literally always get them checked between six and eight weeks. This time was actually six weeks. So we went a little bit earlier. 
Um, so we get, uh, what do we get? My, my TSH, my T3, my T4, my reverse T3. And we always check my antibodies because again, I do have Hashimoto's as, as you guys know. Um, so this time we got my labs back. Um, T3, T4 were a little bit on the, on the higher side, not that they were, I shouldn't say they were on the higher side. They were higher than they were before, which puts them in a more optimal place, which is great, which is what we wanted. And my reverse T3 went up as well. Um, so we weren't super, super pleased with that. It's just that I'm favoring reverse T3. And if you're unfamiliar with reverse T3, um, it's fucking useless. Like it doesn't do anything <laughs> like essentially mm -hmm. like your body will just convert to it. And it's really not, your body doesn't do anything with it. It'll still bind, but it doesn't, it's not active. It's not going to help your body with any of any thyroid things. It's kind of like, I don't even know. It's just, I think it's a waste, but anyways, um, nonetheless, and my antibodies came back and they are at 38. So to put a reference range on it, normal people are 34 and less, um, <laughs> so to speak around that range. So zero to 34 technically says you don't have Hashimoto's anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you're a normal person of society with no autoimmune disorder. So mine were 38. I have not seen anything under 190 in over a year. So that was really exciting. Um, and it's, it's still so hard to believe. I checked yeah. my name and birthday on that fucking email like a hundred times to make sure it was Oh me. my God. Could you imagine if it was a lab mix up? How devastating would that have been? I would have sued. Dude, and let me tell you, like, I know this is like bad, but like that shit happens. It really does. Like yeah. being a nurse in the ER, I've seen it fucking happen. I was like, damn, but this is the best I've ever felt. So I'm like, there's no way I feel leaner. I look leaner. I don't look as inflamed. Um, and it, I mean, it's remarkable. And from, so like I said, six weeks ago, my antibodies were 194, mm -hmm. um, eight prior to that, they were 196 or 198. So it came down like okay. three or four. And then this time 160 drop, which is amazing. And, you know, a lot of people had messaged me. I did an Instagram post on it and are just like, what did you do? Like what happened? Yeah. How is it possible? And so to speak, I'm just kind of like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, I do, but, but to a point where it's, um, like what happened in the last six weeks specifically, um, we changed one of my medications. We changed my T3. We upped the dose. Uh, and okay. I take it two times a day now. And, um, but as far as like other minimal changes, like I became very dedicated to taking my thyroid medications at the exact same time every day. Mm. It. I think that made the world of a difference. Sure. Um, I started walking more in the morning as I hope you guys all see on our Instagram, me and Ash hold hands via text. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about. You need to fucking look at our stories to, well, not, well, you won't know today, but look at our stories regularly because it's on there in the morning. Um, I did actually kind of not completely, but switched towards more of a Mediterranean diet. I started incorporating more fish, um, which I wasn't <laughs> eating before. So, you know, that's very more anti-inflammatory. So I switched over <laughs> to that, which is great. And I think one of the biggest things was, is, um, my, my mental health around Hashimoto's, I manifested it and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that will not believe in manifestation and whatnot. And that's, that's your own thing. And that's for, for you to speak to like, you know, whatever, like you yeah. believe what you we support that. Right. So for me, I, you know, I told Ash like months ago, maybe I was like, I'm going to reverse this shit. I told my coach the week before I got my last back, I was like, I'm going to reverse this shit. And, you know, yes. I've told, um, 
Keely, who I know has been on this podcast before, she's a very mm-hmm. big, um, you know, spiritual healer and, and worker. Um, I worked with her for, for quite some time when I first got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and we talked about the power of, of manifestation and telling mm-hmm. yourself that you are healthy and not identifying with your disease and stuff, which is something that, as you know, personally, cause I've talked to you about it is something that I did for quite some time. I was like, damn, like, yeah this is hard. Like, I don't want this, like poor me, pity me. Like this is all I'll ever be. And I really had to let go of those thoughts and feelings. And I think that made the world of a difference. That was like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm so much more than Hashi's. Like I'm going to reverse this. I am healthy. Everything I've been doing for the last 18 fucking months has paid off. Like, you know, we healed my gut. I've worked on stress management. Um, yep. I changed my diet. I have been completely dairy-free, alcohol-free and gluten-free since mm-hmm. the time I and let me tell you that is that has been a game changer as well you know with with um inflammation and stuff so that's like my big exciting news that I'm going to celebrate probably for the end of time um I'm not saying I've completely like reversed my Hashimoto's because that's you know I don't know if that's even a, a thing to say because I I am realistic to the point where it comes like hey these things, antibodies will go up again. They will come down. You know, it, it, it'd be great if they can stay down. I've talked to people that have been like, yeah, like my antibodies have been down for 10 years. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, but, you know, like being a competitor, stressful situation, like anything can can trigger mm-hmm. my again, right? Could be my own psychological stress and, and whatnot. So I am still remaining realistic, but optimistic at the same time. That's awesome. No, I, that that is so incredible that like you have done that, like, I think a lot of people when they get into like health phases and kind of these extreme protocols that they just want the, the outside, they want the supplements, they want the new diets, the training with the whatever, but they discredit and discount the, the mental work that you have to do. And you can buy all the supplements, do all the fancy protocols, but if you're not mentally you know, ready to accept that it's going to require you to let go of some limiting beliefs, it's not going to work, right? Like I posted something earlier today where it's easier to choose a familiar health than an unfamiliar heaven. And that's so true because it's like, you know, you've been doing your life and living this way for so long that it can be scary to want to change and to give up certain like habits and ways of living that, you know, because you don't want to let go, you know, you're not going to change or you're not going to change in the way and grow in the way that you need to. So I think it, you know, speaks very highly to you and to your story where you were just like, you know what, I am going to reverse this. And what happened? It's like you not only mentally bought into it, but then also physically you did the work, right? So you need both. It's not that you just need to manifest and, oh, the universe will take care of you. And it's not just like, oh, you have to like, take all the supplements or whatever, but you can dig off with your mental health. It's like, no, you need both. You need both. It's, it's ironic that you say that because it reminds me of a few weeks ago. So, um, I've always been in therapy, but, um, I kind of like wax and wane between it. Like I've had the same Mm -hmm. therapist five years now. Um, and it'll be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We can go like three months without talking. So about I was gonna say six or eight weeks ago, six weeks ago was when my last lab was, I got back with, with my psychologist, you know, I was having some, some dark thoughts and I was like, dude, like I need to, to change some shit here. Right. And it's funny because during that time I was like, fuck, I wish I was just in a health phase again. That was so easy. 
And it, like, technically I was still in a health phase, but I'm like, now that like, I did all of that physical work that you were talking about. I took all of my supplements. I healed my gut. I got it with doctors. I got lab work. We changed my diet. We changed my training, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so then I was like, all right, the last piece of the puzzle is this mental health. And like, that was yep. fucking hard. Like that, at that point I was like, damn, I wish I was literally just in my health phase again, because I had someone telling me what to do. It was easy. I was checking the boxes, but when you sit down and you're like, fuck, I actually have to dig up shit. Like I had to go back to my childhood and relive those situations and kind of essentially rewrite my thought process and view on how to get there. And I think with obviously the combination of both, but yeah, it was like, damn, like you cannot dig off with that mental. And I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. I'm fucking proof because in those last six weeks, like, yeah, I said, I changed a few things, like taking my thyroid meds and stuff, but the biggest Mm -hmm. component was that mental health. But as far as like the physical changes, like I already did that the last year, like I all that. So the last piece was shit. Let's get on this mental, see how that fucking works. And I was so ready to be like, all right, I'm ready to change my thought process. And Mm -hmm. boom, here we are. Um, I'm just calling myself a fucking unicorn and I love it because I love unicorns and they're glittery. In my mind, they're glittery and they can fly. So apparently my unicorn is a Pegasus, but that's me. Procadillus dose. You have a unicorn and a Pegasus. A unipeg. Uh, a uni- Ooh, unipeg. I don't know how I like that. <laughs> Peg- a pegacorn? That sounds like a dildo name. Ooh. Let's, uh, let's paint that. <laughs> pegacorn. It's ours. Pegacorn. Don't feel it. Don't. Oh my God. So my Hashis is probably my biggest win um, that I've had my biggest life update. I will say too, like, obviously with the, the change in that um, my training has been escalated yet again, which is awesome. And that Mm -hmm. is, it's been remarkable. Like I'm actually training till failure and I have intensifiers added in now, which is something I before. And my intensifiers are either a back down set or a drop set. So back down set is I will do my regular sets, go to failure, rest completely, do another set till failure at a lighter weight. And then the drop sets are, you know, you go till failure, drop the weight, go till failure, drop the weight with no, no rest between those. And I think, um, yeah, like you said, um, same thing for me, like my drop sets are my glute mean and glute max exercises. And, and then my back down sets are um, still glute focus as well. I don't have any drop sets for my upper body, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my back down sets are what my cast glute bridges and uh, my hip presses. And dude, yeah. let me tell you, I don't know what the fuck it is, but like something about that drop set, I'm just like, fuck. Like I like part of me is like, I don't want to fucking do this, but you feel so good after it. But it's just like, even though the weight is lighter, that shit still sucks. Mm-mm. No, I did um a drop set of cat swoop bridges yesterday. And <laughs> like the first set was like, you know, I got like X amount of reps. Cause again, it is a lighter weight anyway. Cause I'm trying to make sure I really connect with the tissue because mm-hmm. like my right and left glute, there is a big imbalance. And so I am trying to connect more with the right. So I'm focusing even more on top of like an already slower tempo. But then like, you know, I got, I think like 18 reps with like 33 pounds on this machine and I dropped it down to 22, which is the lowest setting it can go. <laughs> right. Five, oh. five. I could like literally every fiber in my ass was firing. And I even like, you know, was feeling my feeling myself, you know, feeling the ass. I could feel my glutes just shaking, you know, and Eric is of course like screaming and slobbering all over me and nothing was happening. I was like, you know what? It's what it is. Next week we'll get six. 
got some fucking failure, but yeah, dude, like my glutes hurt, like thinking about that for you. Cause I'm just like, mm-hmm. dude, I feel that. Is that not like the craziest thing too? When you're like in your mind, you're like, damn, I can do more. I can do more. Like, let's get some fucking more. Cause a lot of people's mind will be like, we're done here. But like for people like me and you who kind of are like, I want more, I want more. And you're like, dude, why are my legs not going? Why can I not thrust anymore? Like, let's fucking go. <laughs> I know. I agree. I agree, man. But no, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad that you're thriving, that your Hashis is like, we'll call it, it's like a volcano, right? It's called, we'll call it dormant. Cause I don't know if it can like extinct. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but dormant for now. And that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, some people have said like, obviously it's like reversing. I think it just depends on who you are and how you view at it. But like mm-hmm. I said, like, oh, realistic, like I know that shit could come back at any point, but it's just all more the motivation to keep on with, with my fucking habits, you know, which makes yeah. it. I'm just going to go on a tangent here. Like that pisses me off when people like are kind of like not in it for the long run. That's like, (laughs) yeah, like I'm just going to hire you as a coach. Let me just get on this quick little fucking diet, do this quick workout. And then when I'm done, I'm fucking done. And I'm just going to go live my life and drink beer and eat flaming hot Cheetos again. It's like, no, like, (laughs) no. And it's like, no, like all of the things that I've done over the last year are now incorporated in my routine. Like they are a part of who I am. This is how I got here. So why the fuck am I not just going to stay here? Like, I, like, I don't understand it. Like in what right mind is it like, okay, cool. Like, this is how I got here. I'm here. This is great. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Let's have a fucking party. And then let's just say, fuck it and not do it anymore. Like that just, that's my little tangent because it's, it's so frustrating. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It honestly is like, that's why it's like, again, changing like change comes within it starts with the mental and then the physical happens but too many people change physically first thinking that that's their problem when like they're their own problem but that's not fun like it's not fun to look in the mirror and be like hey you're the reason why you suck right now like no one likes to do that work they want to point fingers and blame other people and honestly it wasn't until i accepted ownership over you know, what I was doing, even when I was over 250 pounds, like I had to accept ownership that like no one was stuffing those Wendy's Baconators down my throat. Like I was, you know, and it's like, you could blame your parents, blame school lunches, whatever. But like, you know, I, I went through the Wendy's drive through you know, that was fucking me. Like yeah. again, no one had a gun to my head. So it was when I accepted ownership over my actions, that's when the true inward change came. And then it's just continued to evolve as I've continued to evolve and grow. And honestly, the most freeing thing ever is when you accept ownership over your shit and decide to change for the better because you're worth it. Like it comes from a place of self-love, not a place of self-hatred. And that's like, that's the secret. That's the key. But like, that's not sexy and people don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And people don't, and people don't talk about it either again, because it's not, it's not sexy. It's not appealing, but yeah, self-awareness is huge. And like when you, essentially, you know, when you're trying to change, it takes courage too, because you have to call yourself out. Like you have even, even not just in your physical habits, but like the way you talk to yourself in your head, like that's a huge one. Like, especially for me, Mm -hmm. you have to take owner of ownership of that to the point where you're like, Hey, every day I wake up and I'm telling myself I'm fucking fat. Like, you know, like that's, that's on you. No one else is fucking saying that. Like you're not in my head. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe the government is, if we're going to get all fucking weird here, but like, (laughs) you know what I'm fucking saying? Like, nobody is telling you to be like, Hey, Ash, like you need to wake up this morning and tell yourself you're fucking fat. Like no one's doing that except for you. Mm -hmm. Like, again, you're limiting yourself and you are the only one at blame for that. And the way you start to to change that is self-love and being like, Hey, like these things I'm doing are wrong. They're not effective. They're not helping me. They're not making me Mm -hmm. successful. 
So I do need to make these changes. I do need to have that realization. That's like, Hey, this is on me. Like, this yeah. is my shit. Like I got to own my shit. Like your dog takes a shit in the front yard. That's your shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. own that. Like that ain't nobody else's like it's yours. hundred percent. It's just, it's hard. And people want to take the easy way out in life. Cause that's just how we're programmed, right? We want things to be easy. We don't want to be in pain. We don't want to suffer. But the thing is like, this isn't even necessarily a negative viewpoint in my opinion, others can disagree, but life is about suffering and it's suffering for the right things, the right people, like what your morals and values are. Because if you suffer with a purpose and you suffer for things that make you happy, you are genuinely going to be happy. Like there was a point in your Hashi healing journey where you were suffering but you knew that this was the right decision. And even though it wasn't fun in the moment, look at the outcome, right? Like you suffered intentionally, you suffered with a purpose and you essentially reversed or dormitized your Hashis. And it's the happiest that you've ever been, you know, obviously maybe not the leanest you've ever been, but like you did the freaking work and now it's not necessarily going to be smooth sailing, but like you also showed yourself how capable and how hardworking you are, which like, that's a confidence booster in and of itself. And so like, that's also incredible to me because it's all about like choosing how you want to suffer and suffering with intention, not suffering for the sake of being a martyr. And I know like Keely was a big turning point for me when she was like, being a martyr isn't like admirable. And I was like, fuck, you're so right. Like, it's one thing to like die with honor, but it's another thing to be like the one holding a gun in your head, or, like to your head and like shooting yourself because like, oh, I want to be a martyr. I want to be remembered. It's like, why are you remembered for your death? Why not be remembered for how you chose to live life? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think you're completely right on like choosing your suffering. And I think that's what creates happiness in my personal opinion. Like you are happy when you're suffering. And I, I mean, like I said, people can, can choose to, to disagree, but I will say they may not always align at the same time. Like I was not happy when I was going through my Hashis and doing all of that, but now I am, I'm fucking thrilled, dude. Like I've never been happy in my life. But like I said, like I had to go through that suffering. Like there was times where I was like, I don't want to do this. I, I would tell myself all the time, like, I don't want to have Hashis. I don't want to live a life with Hashis. And now I'm just like, those things were silly to say. Like at the time, that's how yeah. I felt. Um, yeah. And now I'm just like, dude, like that was so crazy to say, because like, look at this, like all of that was necessary for you to get here, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And like, like you said, like, yeah, do you want to, you know, essentially, what do you want to be remembered for? Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it starts with that, that self-awareness, because if you don't have that self self-awareness to be like, Oh yeah, dude, like that's me. And only me like mm-hmm. we look in the mirror every fucking day. I that. Like, yeah, you have to take that ownership, dude. I love that it. My, I love that it. The biggest tangent about like, yeah, dude, like I, I think it's yeah. Like, I don't even know what to say. Cause like, I'm just still so happy about the Tashi thing. I can't get over it. No, I know. I'm so thrilled for you. Like it got to the point where I was like, I like squealed for you. And Eric was like, what? And I was like, yo, Ashley, like fucking own Hashis. And he was like, what's Hashis? And I was like, you're dumb. No. Um, but I explained <laughs> to him like kind of like what you were going through and stuff like that. Cause you know, he was like, wow, that's badass." I was like, yeah, she is badass. So like, it just goes to show you that like, even someone who's removed from bodybuilding and removed from fitness can still appreciate hard work 
when it comes to just like changing your life, right? Because like every human knows what it's like to go through change and discomfort. Like that's not like, that's like a part of the human experience. So even like I said, someone that's not like falls deep in bodybuilding like we are, he's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, she is really cool. So then like, I guess my question for you is like in your journey, um, like what would you say it was like your biggest suffering point that you had to to overcome and now feel the happiness of it? If there is one, I know it's like a big loaded question because like, honestly, you personally have had like, like I've been through like everything I feel like in the, in the realm, like, Girl, as- I'm like the Tom Hanks of fitness. I've been through like, <laughs> like, not the, like the four scump, the four scump of fitness, you know, it's like, I've had all these like little micro journeys in my, all, my entire, like, you know, overarching like macro story. But it's like, for me, the biggest turning point was re- literally realizing that like, if I wanted to be happy, I had to be the reason why I was being miserable. Right. And like, just literally that really happened, honestly, the past like year for me to like, to realize ownership over like my actions. Cause like I'd always owned my shit, but like, not to this level, not to this degree. And so being able to be like, listen, like I was the reason why I was fat. I was the reason I had an eating disorder. I was the reason why I chose to, you know, suffer with a vegan diet because like, it was just another way to control and restrict. It was all done out of self-hatred and I was using ownership wrong. I was doing it like burning a a dirty fuel self as self-hatred, but it wasn't until I was like, suffer with a purpose out of self-love was that like freeing. And I felt like a weight had just been lifted off my shoulders, you know? Do you think just looking back at all of your, your journey and your Forrest Gump story here, that part of the suffering for you was like the journey of finding your home. Like this is your home. Like everything you are doing now in your life, like you being a bikini competitor, because you've been like wellness figure. Um, You've been, even before that, you've been vegan, you've been, you know, fat, you've been, have other eating disorders. And now the fact that like, not only the fact that like you're in bikini, you're this phenomenal coach, you also have the balance outside of bodybuilding. Like, yeah. do you think all of like, that was like your biggest suffer? Maybe it was like finding my home and finding that Ash Markham. Yeah. I think that's honestly the best way to put it because you're exactly right for me. It's funny you say that. Cause I always like use that analogy with my clients. It's like, find your home, like take care of your house. And I obviously don't mean your physical house, I mean, like your body, right? Like it, you know, is a shell that holds your brain, that holds you, your thoughts, emotions, etc. So it's like, take care of your home. So yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. It's like, you know, 27 years of life, it's taken me this long to find my home and somewhere I can like nest and settle in. And, you know, some people never find that. And some people find it earlier, some people find it later, but like the fact that I found it and I feel more at peace, like I'm the happiest I've ever been. And it's, there's no fancy protocols. There's no you know, fancy things that I've had to buy myself. Like it was just realizing that, you know, suffering with a purpose and finding a a place for me to nest. I want you guys all to know when Ash was giving this response to the question, I just asked the smile on her face is probably the most genuine and biggest smile I've ever seen out of her. And I think that like, I want to cry for you. Like, I think that speaks volumes. Like you found your home, you found your purpose all because of the fact that you were suffering and you had to go through things and just, you know, you've had to adapt, you've had to suffer, you've had to do the physical work, you've had to make astronomical fucking changes in your life. Like same with me, I've had to make those changes. That's how I got to to my 
volcano Hashi, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. And I think it's, it's, I think when you get to that point, you just know what pure bliss feels like. Cause mm-hmm. that's how I feel right now. Like I feel that sense of like accomplishment and like happy and peace. And mm-hmm. like, even though we talked earlier, like this isn't the leanest I've been, but this past two weeks, I'm like, Oh my God, I love my fucking body. You have done everything I fucking asked you. And like you said, it has nothing to do with, you know, the fact that yes, this isn't, this isn't the leanest, but like, I'm just so grateful. Like I am, it, it's completely mental 100%. And it's like, just, it's so worth it. So worth it. I'm just proud of you. That's all I have to say. Growing up proud of you. Big old, big old titty love fest. Big old titty hug. But yeah, it's the the non-scale victories, the mental victories that is very difficult to quantify you know, yes, we can like track biofeedback and stuff like that, which is very, very helpful. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, like mental victories mean so much more as a coach, as an athlete, as a person, because like you were going to remember maybe not the exact date. So like, for example, I'm probably not going to remember on my deathbed, April 21st of 2023, I had this amazing conversation with one of my best friends, but I will remember the conversation. I will remember this podcast and I won't remember that today I woke up and was 126. Yeah, 126 pounds. I won't remember that. That, The shit doesn't matter, right? It doesn't fucking matter. But this, the real connection that I'm having with another human being that's thousands of miles away from me, granted, that is the important shit. And she is sharing with me and she's being vulnerable with me and being vulnerable, obviously, with the audience that this is something that she did for herself to, you know, beat Hashi's. And this is something that I did for myself to be a better person. And like that for me is like, that's chills. You know, that's how you, that's how you get your, your nipples hard. You know what I'm saying? I love hard nipples, dude. Love right? it. That's why I don't wear a bra. Like, oh, I mean, I do wear a bra, but like, if I do wear something, it's like one layer thick. So that way you get that friction. You get a little yeah. nipple cap. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Like I, yeah, girl, I don't even have fake tits and I never wear a bra. I don't even care. I'm like, let it out let it out let the nipple show especially in the winter i won't wear a fucking bra like those shit those oh, are same. same same uh, i will say though the funniest thing ever this is just a complete side tangent about fake tits because i went over the muscle um obviously and i had very very uh, thin skin tissue for my breasts because my dumbass went and got surgery three days post-show we're not talking about that we're not talking about that right now we'll talk about that later but like people don't talk about this and, and this is my experience but like if I am cold, my tits will be several degrees colder than the rest of my body. Like you can, like Eric will like feel my tits and I'll be like, are you cold? Like it'll, it'll be warm here, but because of my skin, it'll be colder down here. And it is the weirdest, freakiest shit ever. Like whenever I see you in person and meet you, I'll, I'll have you feel my tits and you'll see what I'm saying. Like right now it's fine. Cause I'm warm. I'm warm all over, but especially in the winter time, it's like, they'll be cold. That's wild. Like- you got like two birds, one stone. You got fake tits and you got built in ice packs. Like you jam your finger at the gym. Just put it in there. Just put it in there. I got an ice just, yep. <laughs> just like push them together and just. Like, this is my uh, on the go ice pack built in. Thanks. That's right. That's right. Or if you need to sneak something in the movie theater, like snack compartment. Like yeah. there's a, titties are not just for sex. You guys, they are a universal compartment storage container that you can do like almost anything like you put a couple of you know soda cans in here stick them in a movie theater 
you know, maybe some Ben and Jerry's if you want to like really, really treat yourself. Like the boobs are just so universal and so uh, versatile. 10 out of 10 would recommend. That's my rate for titties. 10 out of 10. When I was a, when I was like a raging alcoholic, I used to go to these country concerts right over the summer and uh, a tall boy inside was like 13 bucks. I was like, eat my ass. So I used to lay two tall boys underneath my tits right at the bottom of my bra and walk in with them. And they would never say anything. Cause it would like push my tits up to my fucking throat. And then I'd walk in and I would just be like double fisting. And I was like, yeah, guys, like, how'd you get those in here? Cause you know, it's a country concert. So I'm wearing like Daisy Dukes and just yep. literally little tiny crop flannel. So I'm like, yeah, dude, tits. They're the greatest thing. Greatest invention. Tits, tits they're the tits. That's it. Yeah. That's the podcast, guys. That's the show. <laughs> tits are the tits. And it took us all this time to get to that point. <laughs> uh, an hour later. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we will reschedule the podcast with Dr. Scott Stevenson. I think next week we have Dom Kudza. Yes, I think so. Yes. I think we have, we have uh, Mr. Dom. Ooh, mm. I'm excited for that. That's a good one. I'm excited too. So yeah, we'll get Dr. Scott back on. We'll do... Um, Another just you and I podcast. I think it is important to have too, because I like just shooting the shit with you. But guys, until next time, peace. Peace.